41. The only thing that could make the day more beautiful was the chance of Lupe forgiving me. I watched as she read my letter, and a smile bloomed across her face. So you'll do it? You'll enter the essay contest? I asked her. <laughs> Lupe chuckled. Oh, no. If you want to win a motel, you're going to have to win it yourself, she said. But I will help you with your grammar. I threw my arms around her. And I'm sorry what I said about you and Jason. You guys are not the same at all, Lupe said into my hair. I skipped all the way home that day, riding the wave of hope and promise, a glorious wave so strong and powerful, I thought it would never end. But then I turned onto Coast Boulevard, and everything came crashing down. My mother was lying by the side of the road. Blood, a thick, gooey red, gushed down the side of her face. Mom! I screamed. With her shivering hands, she touched her stomach, then stared at her fingertips, blinking in disbelief as she registered the color. Shaking, she told me what happened. While I was at school, some people came and tried to break into the front office. They were, they were after the cash register. My mom heard them and rushed downstairs. The first kick to mom's stomach landed with a thud. She had screamed in pain and fallen to the ground. My father was in the laundry room and couldn't hear her over the roar of the washing machine, but Hank heard the scream. He came running out of his room just as the second kick landed to my mother's head. Oh, mom! I hugged her and cried. Her lip was cut open. She could barely talk. They took off running when they saw Hank, she cried. But Hank ran after them. I had never seen him so angry. He's still out there. Suddenly, I heard my dad's voice. Mia! My dad called. I looked over at him. He was standing by the laundry room, carrying an armful of towels. When he saw my mother on the ground, the towels fell from his hands. He ran toward us. The pain that whipped across his face when he got up close and saw my mom was indescribable. He collapsed on the ground next to her. His voice was shaking as he, as he told her it was going to be okay. Carefully, I helped my mom up from the curb and brought her into the manager's quarters. We got her into bed, where I put an ice pack on her head and a hot water bottle over her tummy. The wound had turned deep purple. Whenever I lifted the blanket to look, my mom grimaced. My dad paced the living room. It should have been me, not you, he said. It should have been me. I'm fine. My mom insisted, trying to sit up straighter, only to collapse back down because it was too painful. We have to take her to the hospital, I, told, I said to my dad. No, <coughs> my mom said, coughing. We don't have any insurance. Going to the hospital will kill us. My dad plunged his head into his hands. I realized he was crying. How did we get here? He muttered over and over again. 
How did we get here? I walked over to my room and retrieved my Ziploc bag of tips. I have some money, I said. My parents were so busy crying and coughing, they didn't even hear me. You guys, I have some money, I yelled. My father drove as quickly as he could. Hang on, he said, we're almost there. I sat in the back, clutching my Ziploc bag full of money with one hand and holding my mother with the other. The doctor in the ER saw my mom right away. He was a white guy and seemed really concerned. He asked my mom whether she was dizzy. She said no. He asked my mom whether she remembered blacking out when she hit the ground. She said maybe, she wasn't sure. He asked her to describe the pain on a scale of one to 10. I thought for sure she would say 10 or 11 from the way she kept grinding her teeth and wincing every time she moved. But she insisted it was more like a seven. They took her in for, for an x-ray. My dad and I waited outside because they said it wasn't good for kids to be in the x-ray room. When at last the doctor reappeared, he had good news. None of mom's bones were broken. She had a mild concussion and the doctor gave her painkillers and bandages for the bleeding, which thankfully was on the outside, not the inside. Just make sure she takes it easy the next few days, he said. Use an ice pack for 10 to 20 minutes at a time. Gradually, the swelling will go down, and so will the bruising. No work, no gym. My dad laughed out loud when he said gym. I guess the idea of my mom, or any of us, going to the gym was pretty funny. My dad promised she wouldn't and thanked the doc. His smile faded when the doctor gave him his bill. I peeked around his arm and read the paper too. The total came out to $5,800. My dad gripped the counter to keep from falling. I thought he was going to have a concussion. Frantically, explained, he explained to the nurses in his broken English that we didn't have any insurance. No insurance? The nurses ex asked ex ex exasperatedly. How can you have no insurance? The nurses stared long and hard at us, these alien insuranceless creatures. They told us to wait while they got their supervisor. Ten minutes later, the supervisor appeared. He was another white guy, stern-looking, about 40 years old. As we explained our insuranceless situation to him, he looked like he had about as much empathy as a Lego. He asked us to fill out a bunch of special forms for low-income people. We'll waive the hospital bills if you make less than federal poverty income guidelines for a family of three, he said. He started filling out the forms. Since my parents made about $750 a month, that came out to $9,000 a year. The poverty line for a family our size was $11,890. So we were well below the poverty line. 
but the form asked us how much we paid in rent. We put down zero dollars because technically we get free living board, free living, we got free board living in the manager's quarters. The supervisor looked at that and started shaking his head. Free rent? I'm sorry, but I don't think you qualify, he said. What do you mean? My mom asked. You can't get free rent and free health care, he said, crossing his arms. But we're dirt poor, I said. It says so right there. I held up the poverty chart on the form he gave us. There it was, clear as day, how categorically poor we were. He took a long look at us. I bet you guys aren't even citizens. We looked at the floor. No. I didn't think so. You'll have to take it up with billing and collections. They'll decide whether you qualify for full waiver or not. But I doubt it, he said. Until then, the most I can give you is a 40% discount. So, you'll still need to pay... He pulled out a calculator and started crunching the numbers. $3,480, he announced. At this point, my mom started crying. She let out a sob, so thunderous I wondered if my cousins in China could hear. I've never heard her cry like that before, not even when she was lying on the side of the street. The doctor who had been examining her ran over to see what was wrong. When I explained the situation to him, he turned angrily to the hospital supervisor. You want to charge these people $3,480? Can't you just see they just got the crap beat out of them? He asked the supervisor, almost yelling. The supervisor looked sheepish, but insisted on having a word with the doctor in private. We held our breaths as the two of them walked into the room and closed the door. We could see them arguing through the glass window. The doctor's arms kept flying and the supervisor's head kept shaking. When they came out, the doc- my father held my hand so tight it hurt. The supervisor spoke first. We've decided, in light of the circumstances, he started to say. We're going to waive the fees, the doctor blurted out. Really? My mom asked. She peered at the doctor with her big, brown, bruised eyes. Really, the doctor said. I threw my arms around him. My mother collapsed into my dad. The supervisor cleared his throat. There's still a basic hospital fee of $150 you'll need to pay, he said. I held up my Ziploc bag full of dollar bills and quarters. I've got that right here. I'd be lying if I'd said it didn't hurt, handing over my Ziploc bag. All those nights I stayed up secretly counting the money with a flashlight, the adrenaline and excitement coursing through me. In a flash, it was all gone. But another part of me felt tremendously proud to be able to pay for our first visit to the doctor in this country with money I'd earned all by myself. When we got home, my dad and I helped my mom into the bed. 
We thought it would be a good idea for her to sleep for a while so it wouldn't be jolted awake at night by the sound of the front desk buzzer. How come you didn't tell us you had all this money? My mom asked. I shrugged. Well, thank you, honey, she said. my mom said. She put her arms around me and hugged me tight. Thank you for spending it on your old mom. My dad came in and set down the tea, bathing the room in jasmine. Get some sleep, he said to my mom, kissing the top of her head. My mom reached for my dad's hand. Hey, my mom said to my dad, thanks for taking me to the hospital. My dad turned away from her. What's wrong? My dad asked him. My mom asked him. He shook his head. He had great big teardrops in his eyes. What is it? My mom asked softly. I promised when I married you that I'd take care of you, he said in a small voice. And I have failed you. I sucked in a breath. I looked over at my mom, who sat there calmly, a hand draped casually over her wound. Quit feeling sorry for yourself, my mom said to my dad. I'll decide when you've failed me, and you're not even close. In that moment, I realized how deep my parents' love for each other was. It was deeper than anything Mr. Yao or America could throw at them. My dad chuckled and kissed my mom's bruised lips. What did I ever do to deserve you? He asked. That night, I did not go to sleep. I stayed up late waiting for Hank to come home and writing a letter to the doctor who helped my mom. Dear doctor, thank you for helping my mom. She's sleeping now. She asked before she fell asleep if there was any more stinky tofu in the cupboard, so I think she's going to be okay. You're the first doctor we've ever seen in America. To be honest, I was always a little scared of you. My parents said we should never, ever see you unless we are seriously about to die. And even then, we should think about it. That's because you're really expensive. I always thought that made you kind of mean. But tonight, I learned you're not mean at all. In fact, you're very kind. Thank you for not charging my mom all that money. Thank you for showing us it's not just every man for himself in America. I hope to one day be able to repay you. Until then, I hope you'll accept this letter and this picture of a tree that I drew for you. The tree represents my mom and the leaves represent all the new hope you've given her that people in America are kind. Sincerely, Mia Tang. All night I worked on the tree, making little V's for branches and twigs just as Lupe had taught me. I then drew leaves, hundreds and hundreds of little leaves, not rushing this time because the doctor 
did not rush with my mom. He took his time. It was 3 o'clock a.m. when I finally finished. Hank still wasn't home. From the lumpy living room sofa, I peered out the window at the dark, eerie streets. I wondered what had happened to him. Did he find those people? Did they hurt him? The worry festered in me until morning, when I couldn't stand it any longer and told my dad we had to do something. Go to the police. Start searching the streets. Just as we were about to head out, Hank came limping back, wearing the same clothes as yesterday, his hair a disheveled mess. What happened? I asked him. Hank sighed. You want the good news or the bad news? He asked. 